Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and today is Wednesday, February 8, 2023. It is the Feast of St. Jerome Emiliani. He was a former military commander for Venice who was imprisoned in a dungeon. He experienced a spiritual transformation and dedicated himself to helping the poor and suffering, particularly orphans. He used his own money to rent a house for the orphans and fed, clothed, and educated them. And he went on to found orphanages in other cities, a hospital, and a shelter for prostitutes, which this this apostolate eventually grew into a religious society named the Clerics Regular of Samoska. He died while assisting the sick during a plague outbreak in 1537. And that would be St. Jerome of Emiliani. Pray for us. Today, we have made it halfway through the week. Congratulations to you on making it to Wednesday. We're almost there to the weekend, but today is an opportunity to give glory to God by your work, by your class, by your sufferings, by your chores, by your errands, whatever it is that you have going on in your life today, you can give God glory in it. So give God some praise for another day to be working in the vineyard. At 15 past the hour, we're going to have about 9, 10, 15 stories to cover. And there's no possibility that we're going to be able to cover it all. So I'll mention a few of these stories, but I want to focus in on this open letter that was brought to my attention from a dying priest. This was brought to my attention by uh, my friend, Dr. Anthony Stein. And at 30 past the hour, Dr. Jose Tresenk goes on to discuss the revelations from Project Veritas. Hopefully that doesn't get us uh, kicked off of our providers. And in the next hour, we're going to discuss AI. I have some experiences with AI that I want to share with you. And then we have our Fear and Trembling Game Show. So all this is coming up on Catholic Drive Time. It's a full house today. But uh, joining us in the studio is, of course, Tito Edwards and Rudy Carlos. Good morning to y'all. Salve, Adrian. Salve. Salve. Speaking of Salve, you know, every time I hear Salve, I immediately think of uh, the TFP talking about Salve Maria. And my friend, Mr. Michael, uh, actually just came back in town. He just joined the TFP. He just became a TFP member not too long ago. And I was, I'm sitting in on a class at the University of St. Thomas. Uh, my a friend of mine, my professor, Dr. Theodore Rebard, maybe uh, some of you might remember him. I've had him on the show in the past. And I'm sitting in on one of his classes. He's teaching class on modern political philosophy and i'm sitting in on the class and all of a sudden my friend uh mr michael walks in and i was like what what, what are you doing here and he was like oh mr adrian salva maria and i was just so shocked to see him uh in houston he he's home for a visit um so he he'll be back in with the tfp in a couple weeks but he gets to come home for for a little bit so it's nice to see him maybe i'll bring him into the studio if y'all like that let me know uh, but yeah, we are going to be having. Uh, what are you? How are you, uh, Tito? Adjusting to your first week on the job? There, <clears throat> lots of uh, ups and downs, but uh, I'm. I think I'm adjusting good. I'm uh, really enjoying um, helping you guys out, speaking with the audience, and uh, sharing our Catholic faith. Awesome! Praise be to God. You know, they always say your your first show is uh, terrible. Your your fiftieth show is okay, 
your hundredth show, you finally get good. So you're what three in? Is three number three? In. So just ninety-seven more to go, and you will finally get it down. Is what I'm is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, how about you, Rudy? How are you doing today? Uh, I'm great. Thank you for asking. It's uh, it's fantastic to be here. Wednesday, we're almost there to Friday. So, whew. I know you're already looking forward to it. You already know what you're going to do this weekend. <clears throat> yeah, actually, I do. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to go birding for the first time in a long hey. time. So, thanks be to God. That Hopefully, there's fun. some birds out there. Who knows? Awesome. I, I too, like to go look at our AI robots. I mean, birds. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what are we talking about? Are they even real? Uh, are we living in a matrix? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. Uh, before we jump into our show, make sure you join our email list. You're going to want to go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to join our email list because this Lent, we're going to have our private Telegram chat, which we only give that link out in our email list. So you're going to want to be in on that. During In our private Telegram chat, we're going to do our own private Lenten devotion uh, with the CDT team. So you're going to want to be in on that to be able to participate in those Lenten devotions. But let's go in and pray for your intentions. We're praying for your needs. We're praying that you have a, so far in Thanksgiving, had a great week this week, no matter what is going on, whether it's be suffering, whether it be good news, bad news. We're going to be praying Thanksgiving for making it to Wednesday, and we're going to pray that you make it to the weekend. Uh, whatever your intentions are, let's offer him up together to the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Good morning, everyone. These are your news. The, Cap the Catholic News Agency reports that Tennessee Governor Bill Lee announced plans at his annual State of the State Address Monday to expand support for crisis pregnancy centers in the state to $100 million. In addition to increased funding for crisis pregnancy centers, Lee also proposed widening Medicaid eligibility for pregnant women and parents, asking the federal government to cover the costs of diapers for Medicaid recipients and granting additional paid parental leave time for state employees. Crisis pregnancy centers typically offer pregnant women and families free resources and baby materials. If approved by the Tennessee General Assembly, Tennessee will be the first Medicaid program in the nation to implement this kind of support. The Catholic News Agency also reports that a statue of the Virgin Mary was left untouched after the collapse of a Catholic cathedral in an earthquake that struck Turkey and Syria on Monday, inflicting heavy damage with the death toll already exceeding 6,000 and leaving thousands more injured. On Facebook, Father Antoine Liget, a Turkish Jesuit priest, asked the faithful to pray for us and for the people. It was a powerful earthquake. We don't have definite news yet. However, our cathedral is no more. Pope Francis plans to visit Fatima during his trip to World Youth Day in Lisbon. World Youth Day has been delayed for almost two years due to the pandemic. This would be Pope Francis's second trip to the Portuguese Marian Shrine since his election, as he visited during an apostolic trip from May 12th to 13th on 2017. 
And finally, Catholic News Agency reports how Catholic aid agencies worldwide are coordinating and sending aid after a series of massive earthquakes shook parts of Turkey and Syria. Nikki Gamer, a spokesperson for the U.S.-based Catholic Relief Services, told CNA that CRS is supporting local church partners in Turkey and Syria, including Caritas Turkey and Caritas Syria. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you very much, Tito, for keeping us up to date. The Gospel of the Day is Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 40. Your loins must be girt and your lamps burning, and you yourselves like men awaiting their master's return from a wedding feast, so that they may open to him at once when he comes and knocks at the door. Blessed are those servants whom their master will find watching when he comes. I promise you he will gird himself and make them sit down to meet and minister to them. Whether he comes in the second quarter of the night or in the third, blessed are those servants if he finds them alert. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known at what time the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and not allowed his house to be broken open. You too then must stand ready. The Son of Man will come at an hour when you are not expecting him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to Jesus Christ. The Cornelius Lapide had a ton to say about today's gospel. It was kind of amazing. He 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 had about I was I timed it out and it was about 40 minutes worth of uh, commentary to say out loud. So I reduced it down to about like 4 minutes. So it's it's cutting a lot out. I highly recommend looking up you can go to Google and just type in the great commentary of Cornelius Lapide. It should be the first thing that pops up. It's free. You can be able to find it there and read his entire commentary on this passage, uh, Luke 12, 35 through 40. Uh, also, the reason why I'm doing Luke uh, 20, 12, 35 through 40 is because I accidentally, uh, Monday and Tuesday, did the uh, Gospel of the Day for the day ahead and not the day of. So I'm actually a day ahead at the moment. So uh, that's why I'm doing this Gospel. So, mystically, Cornelius Lapide says, We gird our loins when we restrain the luxury of the flesh by abstinence. Think about that. We restrain the luxury of the flesh by abstinence. Do you suffer from the temptations of the flesh? Do you, temp- do you suffer from greed? Do you suffer from lust? Do you suffer from any of these sins that relate to our appetites? If you do, Right here, we say, he, Cornelius Lapide says that we gird our loins when we strain the luxury of, of, of flesh by abstinence, avoiding eating meat. So maybe one Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, or just Friday. How about they start just Friday? Every Friday of the year, not just during Lent, give up meat. It's a big sacrifice. St. Augustine and St. Basil and Bede and others all say he commands us to gird our loins by the belt of purity and to bind our whole body in the zone of virtue, that we may go forth quickly and expeditiously to meet our Lord at his coming. Remember, what do the Beatitudes say? Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Which implies those who do not have a pure heart will not see God. So let's pray for a pure heart and gird our loins with a belt of purity, like St. Thomas Aquinas did. 
Firstly, Cornelius Lapide says, of our labors girding their loins to their work, the awful cast speaks thus, be your loins girded, that is, be ye ready in all ways for the work of our of your Lord, and your lamps burning in your hands, that is, labor not in the dark and without judgment, but take the light of the world which will show you what is and what is not to be done. For this world is night. So Euthemius and Titus meaning, be you ready to do every good work. Do you see Christ as your light? Do you bring him into the darkness? Whether that be your workplace, whether that be at home, whether that be at school, whether that be anything that you're doing, are you taking the light, which is Christ, into it? And are you ready to do every good work? And your lamps burning, Cornelius Lapide says, Christ commanded us to be ready with loins girt for good works and for our passage to heaven. He now fitly requires our lamps to be burning for these are needed by night, whether for work or for taking a journey. For this, our life is a mystical night and full of ignorance, errors, and the darkness of concupiscence, so that we have need of light and lighted lamps, that we travel on in the night and perform our work. He alludes especially to the marriage feast, which was celebrated at night with torches, that is, in the nighttime, the servants awaited their Lord on, the, on his return from his marriage with lighted torches. And go before him, so do ye watch and await me as I return to you from heaven by death, and go before me with spiritual torches. For you know not the day and hour of your death and the coming of Christ to judgment. If you know this, you will be prepared and expect him every hour. For so the virgins with their lamps lighted await the bridegroom. The parable of Luke is mostly the same as that of Matthew. This is very important to note because this is also a prefigurement of the coming of Christ in two ways. One, in our death, because remember, when you die, you are set to die once and then judgment. And so that's the first coming. And then the second coming that's referenced here is the second coming of Christ at the resurrection of the body. And many people are, are surprised to know that we as Catholics believe in the resurrection of the body, but that is in our creed. And so we do believe this. And so let us be prepared. Let's have our loins girt. Are you ready for the coming of Christ? Are you ready for your judgment? Have you prepared your heart? Have you done your examination of conscience? Well, we're getting ready to get to the season of Lent. And once we get to the season of Lent, it is on. It is on like Donkey Kong, as some might say. And so what are you going to do for Lent this year? Are you going to prepare yourself? Are you going to start doing an examination of conscience every day? Here are some suggestions. When we come back, I have a letter for you from a dying priest. What does it say? We're going to find out in one moment. Hi, it's your conscience here again. You know you want it. I'm talking, of course, about the 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. And on Friday, February 24th, it could be all yours if your name is drawn. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 each or 5 for 100 So what are you waiting for? Hello, 
this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Can you really say you know what praying the rosary is all about? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, listen to the who's who of the rosary. We have the Blessed Trinity. We have the Angel Gabriel. We have the Virgin Mary. We have John the Baptist. And we have Elizabeth. So how's that for a cast of sacred ones? Secondly, reflection. While saying the rosary, we reflect on 20 primary and sacred moments that occur in the lives of the Holy Family. And thirdly, the rosary dynamics. Here's how you involve this cast of holy ones in praying the rosary. You first invoke the three persons of the Blessed Trinity. Then, on to praying the Apostles' Creed. Then you will pray in Our Father. Then you will recite the angel Gabriel's words to Mary. Then you'll recite what Mary said to Elizabeth. And then you will relive John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Then you will ask for Mary's assistance in your life. And I'm so glad to say none of that is idolatry. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And today, there are tons of news in the headlines that I want to discuss. And maybe we'll get to some of them, maybe in the after show, maybe tomorrow. Eh, tomorrow, we're probably going to talk about the State of the Union. Today, there's not enough time. It's not that important to talk about today. We'll, we'll save that for tomorrow. So tune in for tomorrow. We'll talk about State of the Union. But uh, today, there were tons of stories that I wanted to talk about. And I'm just going to put it, make it on the docket to cover at some point. Uh, for instance, one, Pope Francis reiterates belief that religions must unite in service of brotherhood. Sounds like religious syncretism or indifferentism to me. Uh, a little concerning. Cardinal McElroy spreads confusion on communion and mortal sin. Um, yikes. That's not good. I've got to talk about that. Uh, trans activists stage insurrection by storming Oklahoma State Capitol to promote the right to mutilate people. Um, yeah, that's kind of a big news as well. All sorts of things going on in the news. The the whole story with AI, which I, we're going to cover to some degree on the next hour. But there are tons of stories that are concerning. However, there was this one story that I heard my, my friend, Dr. Anthony Stein. If you don't follow him on YouTube, uh, his YouTube channel, actually has two YouTube channels. His one that's relevant to this is Return to Tradition, where he reports on Catholic news. His other... Uh, YouTube channel, which is uh, a YouTube channel I've I really enjoy. Maybe I'm actually thinking about inviting him on to talk about this channel instead of the other one. Is his carnivore channel? He he does a show on on the carnivore diet. I think it's called Practical Carnivore, and in it he talks about the carnivore diet and how to lose weight that way because he's lost like well over a hundred pounds just by uh, dieting and exercise. And he talks about that, but also he reports on food news. And I think food news is a is a big deal right now. So I I think I might uh, have him want to talk about that. Uh, but anyway, Dr. Anthony Stein was reading this letter and commenting on it, and I thought it was incredibly heartwarming and moving and and kind of sad. And I wanted to share this this letter with you. This is coming in the wake of there's rumors from Rome, and you know there's always rumors from Rome. You can never know uh, what's true, what's not. And so I don't really want to report on the rumors from Rome because, you know, you just don't know what's true, what isn't. So I think I'll wait until there is a public voice that's reporting on this story. And then once that happens, I'll be happy to share with you the rumors. But uh, basically, the rumor is that the Holy Father is planning on completely or extensively restricting Latin Mass even further this coming Holy Week. Obviously, we don't know if it's true or not, but I'm sure we'll find out very soon. If Holy Week comes and it happens, then it was true. If it 
doesn't happen, then it wasn't true. Uh, very simple for us to find out. But I want to read this to you. And the and then I'll get to Tito's comments about it afterwards. Hey, let me just set it up. Father Dana Ambrose Christensen, oblate of the Order of St. Benedict, is a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and an oblate of the Monticerio de San Benedito in Monte in Norcia, Italy. So basically, he's a Benedictine oblate from Italy, uh, in Italy. He's living in the U.S. It's kind of uh, the way, what, what that means basically is you participate in the spiritual benefits of a community and you follow their rule of life living in your own diocese. Priests are allowed to do that. And I have a, a friend in Houston who's a priest who actually wants to do that, but he wants to join a uh, oblates of the Order of St. Benedict in America, though. But he was diagnosed with ALS in 2019. Since then, he has retired from active ministry and now spends most of his time praying before the Blessed Sacrament at the time of writing this article. However, Father Dana Christensen passed away on May 15, 2022. So this letter is actually just being released to the public now, but he passed away May 15, 2022 after a courageous battle with ALS. A solemn high requiem mass was offered for him at the Cathedral of St. Joseph in Sioux Falls with Father Prior Benedict, Order of St. Benedict, a friend of Father Christensen's, presiding. The Most Reverend Donald E. DeGrude was in attendance, praying the mass in choir. Father Christensen wrote this article in front of the Blessed Sacrament, where he spent most of his final days here on earth. Requiescat in pace. Here's his letter to his bishop, the Most Reverend Donald E. DeGrude. Your Excellency, Pax, I want to thank you for asking consultation from both priests and seminarians after the latest motu proprio from Pope Francis. I found it disturbing, cruel, and unnecessary. Let me explain. My first real encounter with the traditional Latin Mass was when I was studying in liturgy at the Liturgical Institute at Mundelein Seminary. A class was offered on its theology and included a practicum. Learning the theology of the Mass and celebrating it often, even daily, changed my priesthood for the better. In time, being lonely at school and desiring to have a regular parish to carry out pastoral duties, especially on the weekends, the parish that welcomed me was a parish that offered both forms of the Roman Rite. Every other week, I was afforded the privilege of offering a Misa Cantata. On the other weeks, I offered the ordinary form. I also heard literally hundreds of confessions each weekend. It was the single most blessed opportunity while in Chicago. It made me understand the Mass more fully and no doubt prepared me for the sacrifice I am now making and my suffering from ALS. Then comes this bombshell out of the blue, which seems to negate the experience I had and what I learned. It has caused me deep sorrow to think if this motu proprio to, is to be taken at face value, I will have to have my funeral, which I desire to be a solemn pontifical high mass in the extraordinary form, in a gym or other non-pair setting. I'm sorry, Your Excellency, but this is cruel to me and my family and all at the hands of someone who I am supposed to call Holy Father. No, he has shown himself something less than that. Uh, fathers ought not to give his son a snake when he asks for a fish. The supposed excuse for this all is unity. My time at Mundelein taught me that never did I find disunity there among the standing room only flock that filled the church every Sunday. What I found was unity 
and the perennial teachings of the church. I found unity in the reception of the sacraments regularly and with devotion. I found unity in devotion, and I found unity in fraternity among parishioners. It is, Bishop, your vision for this diocese in miniature. Would that this parish would spread like wildfire. Instead, in so many parishes, we see disunity all around. Catholics not believing in the Eucharist, confusion about divorce and remarriage, and the elephant in the White House, should or should not Joe Biden receive Holy Communion? Let me assure you, there is no such lack of unity of faith or confusion in the parish I helped in in Volo, Illinois. I also can't help but think of our seminarians, who themselves have come to love the richness of the traditional Latin Mass, or the newly ordained, who are confident that this Mass would be part of their lives. And now to have it so suddenly taken away? Will we lose them to orders whose charisms is to offer the Holy Mass according to the older rites? I think this is not out of the realm of possibility. So as you have gathered, I beg of you, on my knees, to not implement this motu proprio in our archdiocese, or to do so as liberally as you can. Do not alienate good, faithful people in our diocese, including priests and seminarians. I would encourage you as part of your discernment to visit our Latin Mass community to see if you find there what Pope Francis expects you will find. Also, study the traditional Latin Mass yourself, and maybe even offer it. I think you will find there what I found, namely rich prayers, healthy reverence, and unity among believers. I also recommended that your discernment include Canon 87, subsection 1. A diocesan bishop, whenever he judges that it contributes to their spiritual good, is able to dispense the faithful from universal and particularly and particular disciplinary laws issued from his territory or his subjects by the supreme authority of the church. He is not able to dispense, however, from procedural, procedural or penal laws, nor from those whose dispensation is specially reserved to the Apostolic See or some other authority. At least one bishop had already used this canon because of the spiritual good of his, his diocese, dispensed his diocese from this motu proprio, so there is precedent in the United States for at least considering this. This canon gives you a way to see their spiritual good of the, of the flock entrusted to your care is able to go on as normal as under Samorum Pontificum, which is published by Benedict XVI, by dispensing all laity, priests, deacons, and seminaries from this novel motu proprio from Pope Francis. Not to put undue pressure on you, but this canon gives you the ability to do something that will draw seminarians and priests who no longer feel welcome in their, in their own diocese, or religious order, so you can better see your vision for the diocese fulfilled. What an opportunity to see many St. John Vianney's, who himself was daily nourished by the traditional Latin Mass, the Roman breviary, and the Roman ritual. If you would like to discuss this further, or if you have follow-up questions, please let me know. Praying for you as you discern, as well as for Pope Francis, that he would in mercy rescind this cruel document. I remain yours in the heart of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Father Dana Ambrose Christensen, Oblate of the Order of St. Benedict. So there's the letter for you. Um, I thought this was very moving. I'll reserve my comments uh, for a second. I want to get Tito's take on that. Uh, Tito, what did you think about this uh, document from Father Dana? That's a, <clears throat> a very well-written 
intentional and beautiful written letter, it, it, it really speaks to the heart of many of us who are attached to the traditional Latin Mass. And it, I, it wrote in a most charitable way, uh, expressing many of the sentiments that we all hold regarding the latest motu proprio. Now, this was addressed to the bishop? or Correct. Okay. And he did receive the high pontifical requiem mass. He received, he didn't receive a pontifical mass. He, he did receive a solemn high requiem mass, correct? In Latin? Uh, yes. Oh, wow. So he did, and the bishop was there. So the bishop actually came. It says, uh, according to this, uh, the, His Excellency, Most Reverend Donald DeGrood, was in attendance praying the Mass in choir. So he sat in choir, and uh, the, a pontifical Mass would be the Mass celebrated by the bishop. And so the, the Mass was celebrated by one of the, uh, a, Benedict pre, a Benedictine yes. priest. So it was a solemn high Mass for his, ma- for his Requiem Mass, uh, but the bishop didn't celebrate it. But he, the bishop did attend and did sit in choir. I think it's a excellent opportunity for many of us and those sympathetic to uh, masses being celebrated uh, reverently and piously to use this letter as a cornerstone for Lent as a motivating factor. We probably, I would strongly suggest to do any form of fasting for Lent. And the more we fast combined with prayer, it will have incredible effects. We may not see immediate results, but it may change hearts in the Vatican. It may bring in new people that will rectify many of the wrongs that have been done. Um, this would be a wonderful opportunity to not only help to change the world and the church, but yourself as well. This is something that I'm going to uh, draw strength from. Awesome. Praise be to God. And, you know, um, here's a suggestion for you. You know, let's say these rumors might be true. Maybe make it a point to go and attend the traditional Latin Mass. If you've never been, well, you may not have an opportunity after Holy Week this year. So maybe this Lent, make that your sacrifice. Attend the traditional Latin Mass a few times during Lent. Coming up is Dr. Jose Tresenkos on the revelations by Project Veritas. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no, but how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 AD, 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed to the church down the street.
Hey Sita, how do you ask, do you love Catholic radio in German? Liebst du das katholische Radio? How about support it by purchasing car raffle tickets for a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250? Unterstütze es mit dem Kauf eines Tickets, mit dem du einen 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 gewinnen kannst. Hmm, okay. How about get yours at grnonline.com forward slash raffle? Kauf eins auf grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Thank you. I needed that for a PSA. Cool. When are you recording it? Right now. Oh, danke. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, and these are your headlines for today. OSV News reports the Educational Choice for Children Act federal legislation to implement tax credits for scholarships for students to cover expenses related to K-12 public and private education was introduced January 26 in both U.S. House and Senate. The bill faces difficult odds in Congress, but proponents say its passage would address growing parental concerns about education. Catholic News Agency reports Canadian Richard Leskin remained at his wife Marilyn's side nearly 24 hours a day after she was admitted to Absterford Regional Hospital, the result of a fall from her wheelchair. Over the next several days, Leskin found himself not only caring for a 70-year-old wife, but also fending off efforts by medical staff to let her die before they offered to do the job themselves. As his wife's condition continued to deteriorate, a hospitalist, a specialist physician assigned to the case, asked Leskin if he would agree to medical staff euthanizing his wife, Marilyn. Marilyn died soon after in the early morning. She was survived by her husband and their two children by natural causes. Vatican News reports Pope Francis has once again appealed for help for quake victims of Turkey and Syria during his general audience in the Vatican on Wednesday morning today. Addressing those present, the Pope said his thoughts go at this time to the peoples of the neighboring countries hard hit by the earthquake that caused thousands of deaths and prayers. Quoted as saying, with emotion, I pray for them and express my closeness to these peoples, to the families of the victims, and to all those who are suffering from this devastating calamity. And finally, OSV News reports the U.S. Bishop's Religious Liberty Chairman called it disheartening that proposed new rules on the Affordable Care Act's contraceptive mandate eliminate protections for moral convictions of employers who object to being forced to cover contraceptives in their employee health plans. New York Cardinal Timothy Dolan, who heads the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops Committee for Religious Liberty, said the proposal appears to retain the bulk of the existing religious exemption, but noted that if the proposed rules become permanent, allowing an exemption on moral grounds will end. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. And, you know, before we jump into the conversation with Dr. Jose Trisenko's, you know, we're giving away a Mercedes-Benz. I keep wanting to say Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz. And we're giving away Mercedes-Benz. How can you win, you may ask? Go to grnonline.com. And you can buy your tickets online, or if you want to be a real champion, uh, go contact your local general manager and buy the tickets directly from your local general manager. Maybe pick up a few extra and sell them to your friends and family who support Catholic Radio. So if you support Catholic Radio, make sure you want to go and buy some raffle tickets to win a Mercedes-Benz 
a 2023 Mercedes-Benz. Uh, but joining us right now is Dr. Jose Tresenkos. Uh, good morning to you, Dr. Tresenkos. Good morning. Good morning. You and, you know, this report from Project Veritas was really concerning. I was really surprised. And, you know, whenever it first came out, there was a lot of people that came out saying, Hmm, does this Walker fella really work for Pfizer? I think this is, I think my Project Veritas is making this up. But then uh, on Monday, Veritas published images of an internal Pfizer memo uh, settling the question saying, quote, a recent incident where one of our colleagues was baited into conversation in a social situation and recorded without their knowledge. Thank you for your diligence in helping us stop the spread of harmful misinformation. Now is the time to be strong in opposing evidence and logic with science and our global health systems are under attack. And I was like, okay, so at least they confirmed that uh, Walker does, in fact, work for Pfizer. So that's good news. The other thing is that people were immediately uh, talking about, okay, there's no big deal. So all this is just to set up the conversation that we're going to have here. Uh, for instance, uh, the U.S. Federal Government's Vaccines Adverse Events Reporting System, or VAERS, has reported 34,122 deaths, 190,833 hospitalizations, 18,413 heart attacks and 26,344 mitocarditis and pericarditis cases as of January 27th. Now, I understand many will claim that the reports submitted by VAERS are unconfirmed, as anyone can submit one, but I also know many will say that there's a reason to believe that this is actually underreported. So let's just take these numbers at face value and not try to inflate them or deflate them, just kind of looking at them as a, as it is given to us. And here is what we're not going to do on the show today. We're not going to make definitive conclusions. Nobody here has access to classified documents or has personally been inside the Pfizer labs or worked on these things. Uh, so we're not saying that any of these things are happening. We're simply saying let's take the director of research and development for Pfizer at face value and say, what if he is telling the truth? What do we need to know? Let's give an analysis of what he said, uh, because we, that's all we can go off of. So, uh, Dr. Trisenko's all that to set up. I want to uh, give you some quotes from, uh, the, uh, from Project Veritas, and I want to give your, get your analysis on it, because I hear these things, and I don't know what all this stuff means. It makes no sense to me. So I want your take. So the first thing that he said here is, uh, there is something irregular about the menstrual cycles, so people will have to investigate that down the line. Uh, immediately, that's very concerning uh, to me, and I'm sure that's very concerning to a lot of women. Uh, what, what do you think about that, Dr. Trisenkos? Uh, well, actually, that, that particular adverse event had, uh, emerged very quickly after the vaccines were rolled out. So this is that observation really is nothing new. Uh, if if you look at the codes associated with irregularities in um, in menstrual cycles, including severe bleeding, um, and some have actually gone to the point of calling it hemorrhage, um, it, it, that has um, uh, that that emerged very very quickly after the release of the vaccines. So um, on, on one hand, it's it's not really news. On the other hand, it's somewhat gratifying that someone on the inside. Um, and the pharmaceutical industry has actually recognized that, even though they haven't done that publicly. Yes, I, I know for many people who have been following it very closely, it's not news to to them. But for a lot of people who have been ignoring any 
what my people might call dissenting voices. This is the first time they're hearing about it. Uh, the second quote I wanted to bring up is this one here. He says, I hope we don't find out that somehow this mRNA lingers in the body and like because it has to be affecting something hormonal to impact menstrual cycles. Now, what does that mean exactly? What are we talking about when we say lingering in the body or saying it has to be affecting something hormonal or why does that, what is that, what is this, can you explain this uh, quote to me? Um, I'm, I'm not sure I can explain it, um, uh, uh, you know, with fidelity to the, to the intended context, but mRNA is supposed to be very perishable. Uh, for lack of a better term, once it's injected into the body, it delivers an instruction set basically to the cell to do something. And in this case, it's to express a protein um, that, you know, and that that's that infamous spike protein is really what we're talking about. Uh, the mRNA instructs the human cell to produce that spike protein, and that results in an immune response. Um, its effect on something hormonal is something I don't really understand. Um that the spike protein uh, collects in certain organ tissues has been known for some time. And that includes the ovaries, uh, the kidneys, um, uh, you know, and endothelial tissue. So the spike protein that's produced by the body, which is something that's very difficult to regulate. I don't think people realize to what degree the body produces spike proteins um, uh, can vary across one individual to another. And that may be related to the dose contained in that particular vial or the person's individual body chemistry. Uh, but the production of spike protein at post-injection is quite variable. Uh, and if a body responds with significant production of that spike protein and that starts collecting in certain organ tissues, then we see things like irregularities emerge with menstrual cycles. That's, all, that's ultimately what causes inflammation of the cardiovascular system, including myocarditis. Uh, so, you know, that, that spike protein is behind a lot of this. I'm, I'm really not sure, and I haven't read enough that I have, um, that I have confidence in how this could affect something hormonal. Uh, it's, it's very strange to me. I read that, and I was thinking, and he, he says uh, it has to be something hormonal to impact the menstrual cycle. And I was immediately thinking, how on earth is that? What does that even mean? I don't even uh, these kind of uh, when we're getting into the into the science of it, into these very details, it becomes very strange. Uh, the next quote I wanted to bring up, he says, the vaccine shouldn't be interfering with the menstrual cycles. So we don't really know. I hope we don't discover something really bad down the line. If something were to happen downstream and was like really bad, I mean, the scale of that scandal would be enormous. Now, the there's one thing that I want to point out is the fact that he says the scandal would be enormous. That's the thing that would be really bad. Um, I was like, well, there'll be other things that would be bad, but uh, a scandal would, in fact, be one of them. Uh, that wouldn't be the one I would focus on. But what is it, what does he mean here when he's talking about something really bad? What could be really bad other than what we're already seeing? I mean, it, it, that's that's a really good point. Uh, a number of things that could be called really bad have okay, already Okay, my emerged. apologies, Dr. Tresenkos. I set you up on a question, and then we're heading to break. Uh, so when we come back from the break, we're going to cover this point. Uh, what is really bad? I guess we can call that a cliffhanger. So when we get back, we're going to talk about what could be really bad. 
and we'll be right back on Catholic Drive Time. So don't go anywhere. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 A.D., and so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel. All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And, and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. I bet you're wondering to yourself, how can I win a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C? Easy. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Only $25 a ticket or five tickets for $100. The drawing is February 24th, 2023. So, do you feel lucky? Well... And we are back. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And today we're talking to Dr. Jose Trisenkos about the recent report from Project Veritas. They had the director of research and development and strategic operations of mRNA scientific planner, Jordan Tristan Walker, they uncovered a lot of very concerning quotes from him, and you can see their whole report on at Project Veritas, but I'm getting Dr. Trusenkos' take on not what is the truth of the matter, or we're not talking about analyzing the virus or the vaccine, because, you know, we're not looking at that. We're analyzing what did he say and what are the consequences of what he's saying. So that is what we're trying. Let's assume that this guy is telling the truth, that he's not a liar, and that he is uh, telling us exactly what he knows. And we're just going to take it at face value and analyze uh, what is he, what has been said. So thank you very much, Dr. Trisenkos, for, for joining us. Before we went to break, I had set you up on a question and then had to cut you off, so my apologies for that. But the, the quote that I had given you from Walker was, the vaccine shouldn't be interfering with the menstrual cycles, so we don't really know. I hope we don't discover something really bad down the line. If something were to happen downstream, it was like really bad. I mean, the scale of that scandal would be enormous. So what's your analysis of that take? Uh, what could be really bad down the line? Um, that's a long list, potentially. I think um, something that perhaps most people don't realize is the spike protein that the vaccine tells our body to produce is actually a toxin, um, and in sufficient quantities, that can uh, that can create potentially um, uh, a great many problems. Um, also, how the vaccine is delivered can have an effect on that. If it, it's supposed to be an intramuscular injection, it's supposed to be given in the deltoid. Um, it's not supposed to be injected directly into the bloodstream, and if it does, um, uh, if it is inadvertently injected into the bloodstream. 
uh, you know, some things have been known to happen, uh, like endothelial damage very quickly. It, it emerges very quickly. Um, mRNA has been used for years in, in veterinary applications and that tech, and, and it's never really ended well. Uh, and, you know, this may sound a bit flippant, but uh, you, you read some of the papers associated with the development of mRNA technology uh, in, in things other than vaccines. And, you know, and it's a bit like the experiment was a success, but every subject animal died. Oh. Um, you know, so the, the history of mRNA is actually, is actually much longer um, uh, uh, than, than, than some might realize. And it's, and it's been a difficult technology to work with. So, you know, the difficulties associated with this, the bad things that could happen in the future, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are, are rightfully concerned about the effect of, uh, about the effect of these drugs on fertility. Uh, uh, the numbers are starting to look very, very concerning, especially in Europe where the fertility rates are dropping very, very rapidly. Um, uh, cardiovascular damage or, car- uh, or cardiovascular irregularities. Um, and I just checked my notes during the last break. Uh, spike protein has been known to uh, collect in the pituitary gland, and that can have some uh, fairly immediate and some downstream effects that are hormonal in nature. Uh, so what can have, you know, what could possibly go wrong? I think, you know, we have some, um, we have some indications that kind of narrow the field a little bit, but what could possibly go wrong is a, is a lot. Um, and, you know, at, at, you know, at some level, I'm glad to see that someone refers to this as potentially a scandal. Uh, and that it could be huge in nature. I think, you know, I think that's, I think that's, um, a moment of honesty that perhaps wasn't intended. Um, but that's reflective of a lot of people's opinion on where we are right now, because this is, this is not a public health exercise. It's really the largest clinical trial in the history of medicine. Um, and hundreds of millions of, well, and scratch that, billions of human beings across the planet. Have been uh, participants in that clinical trial. Uh, so the the implications of this negative things emerging over the therapeutic effects of these vaccines uh, is concerning. Dr. Trisakos, this is Tito Edwards. I, speaking on the uh, massive experimental trials that you're referring to, I, I remember Dr. Dr. President Trump uh, waived liability to the to the uh, pharmaceuticals. And they allowed them to accelerate the process of getting this vaccine, so-called vaccine out. During that time, do you believe that they, I mean, the processes that they had to skip or minimize uh, were some of the major causes for what's happening now when we see athletes just seizing on the field and dying suddenly that is happening all over Europe. And we just witnessed it uh, three or four weeks ago at an American football game. Uh, is there a, uh, a cause? Is this causation, or is there a correlation between the two? Do you think uh, the possibility is great that what's we, we're witnessing with these hormonal changes, with people uh, dying suddenly uh, from minor cardiovascular problems, is, is this related? It, it might be, and more and more and more and more people in the medical field um, are, are are actually recognizing the. Uh, 
the died suddenly um, phenomenon that's emerging right now. Uh, that's one of the things that's been associated with, and they're working on, and some people are actually working on developing, a, you know, a causative argument or a causative analysis on on linking the vaccine with um, with sudden cardiac events that often result in death. Uh, myocarditis, uh, it, you know, if you think about when myocarditis actually started um uh, becoming a newsworthy item, and this was perhaps a year, year and a half ago, uh, all of the official reports from mainstream media outlets referred to myocarditis as mild. That's like having a mild case of cancer. Myocarditis permanently damages cardiac tissue. It scars the heart, and it doesn't heal, and it's never minor. Uh, it, you know, so Part of the difficulty that we encounter is, is you know, shifting through the bias to get at what uh, to uh, to get at what what the issue really is. Do you? Um, uh, sorry to interject. And, it, Go ahead. Pardon? Go ahead. The um, you know, so the the effects on the cardiovascular system i'd mentioned earlier that if the vaccine is administered um in such a way that it gets into the bloodstream uh it involves the endothelial tissue very very quickly and the endothelial tissue is actually you know it's the circulatory tissue it's the inside of blood vessels uh and uh that can cause clotting and it, that has been known so you know there there is causation there um what is not clear right now is that the administration of the vaccine is causing these sudden um, uh, severe cardiac events, whether whether they are heart attacks um, or whether they're strokes. Um, uh, the causation is not clear, at least it hasn't been accepted yet. More and more people are looking at that um, and starting to say that, okay, we're ready. We see the association. Let's see if we can determine the causation. And that's, frankly, a good development. Um, you know, I think if, if you leave it open to speculation uh, with, without any kind of concerted effort to, uh, to narrow it down to causation, then the speculation can get out of control. That will, that will make truth even harder to find. So, so on that point, so you do believe that uh, your clinics and physicians are looking to remedy uh, all of these issues that are coming up, the pressure from the media or from the, the mainstream press to suppressing some of this information or minimizing it. Has that had an effect on clinics and physicians looking investigating these issues? Oh, absolutely, it does. Um, I, I, I read uh, I read a couple of medical journals on a fairly regular basis. No, no, I, I, you know, I'm not a medical doctor, but um, I, I've learned a great deal about their terminology in the past <laughs> couple of years. Uh, the um, and these medical journals, a lot of them have opinion pages, and I spent some time on there dealing with uh, ethical issues that aren't necessarily related to this particular, you know, to this particular topic. Um, but when something comes up like this Project Veritas expose, uh, they 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 dealt with it in very interesting ways. Um, and one of the most interesting ways was to say, oh, you know, this thing is this thing is a pure fabrication, nothing but a tissue of lies. Um, and someone on the editorial, uh, someone on the editorial board actually made the point that, uh, 
um, uh, uh, this, this executive from Pfizer was not the person on the video. The person that occupies that position is, in fact, a woman. Um, but then you go to LinkedIn and, um, you know, you see the photograph and the bio that fits and a picture of the guy that's on the video. So the, um, there's a psychological aspect to it, management of information here, uh, you know, that can make it difficult to separate the wheat from the chaff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, thank the, you. Um, Go ahead, sorry, doctor. Go ahead. sorry. Dr. Shosenko's, you know, the thing that concerns me, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, it's been a while ago, but whenever it came up, what came up was this idea of the fertility issue, because I was very skeptical of what was happening here. I was like, eh, you know, it's not good. I'm going to not get it. But I was at the same time not as hardcore as a lot of other people about it. And I was talking to my friend and she told me, you know, I would never marry a man who got the vaccine. And I was shocked by that. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of strange. Um, that's kind of, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think people should get it, but, you know, it's not, they're not the evil for getting. And like, no, 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 it's not about whether they're evil or not. Is I don't know if they're going to be able to have children. Like, I, I just don't know, and I don't want to risk that. And so uh, we only have about a minute, a uh, minute and a half left in our conversation. Uh, what say you about the uh, fertility issue? Uh, there's data coming out that's, that's really cause for concern. In addition to, you know, the highest level measurements of fertility rates, how many, you know, how many babies are being born? Um, uh, you know, I read an article yesterday on um, uh, sperm counts in, and this was a European, uh, this was a European article um, on, on what's happening with sperm counts. And they're off the cliff. I mean, they're in freefall. Uh, so there, there, are, there are legitimately very, very concerning issues associated fertility with fertility. And there was really no mention in the article um, uh, about the vaccines. But, you know, it's one of these things where natural systems just don't change their behavior that severely from one day to the next unless you mess with it. All right. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you very much, Dr. Chisenkos, for giving us that update. Uh, in the next hour, we're going to be covering uh, AI and the game show. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's the Spirit World from the Station of the Cross Studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's heart, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans, and when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Gospels, nor the epistles, nor the apostolic and early church fathers ever wrote anything 
anything like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching at the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback, that Romans road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans road has some potholes. Marty, the GRN is raffling off a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. Whoa, Doc, that's heavy. What, are we going to have to, like, go back in time to get tickets? Not at all, Marty. Just call 888-784-3476 or go to grnonline.com. We better hurry, Marty. The drawing takes place February 24th, the year 2023. We really need one of those smartphones, Doc. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. I'm Father Peter Damien from Holy Rosary, and you're listening to AM 1430, KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. We are so happy to have you on today. It is a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday morning. The sun's just peeking, peeking over, peeking over the blinders. Not like Peaky Blinders, not like that. Don't watch that music. It's, it's kind of depressing. But... You know, today is a good day to give God some praise. We had a lot of heavy subjects in the last hour. We're talking about this priest who died of ALS. We're talking about his open letter. About the his sadness about the traditional Latin Mass. And in the uh, in the last segment, we talked to Dr. Jose Trusenko's about the uh, analyzing what Project Veritas put out recently on the on Pfizer. It was very interesting. Very interesting to me. Uh, let us know what you think. We're in the comment section down below if you're watching online. If you're listening to the radio, well, once you're not driving anymore, don't do this while you're driving. While you're driving, just keep your hands on the wheel, 10 and, 10 and 2, and uh, keep your eyes on the road. But when you get to a stop, pull out your phone, uh, find us on social media, and give us a follow. And maybe uh, comment down below. Let us know what you thought about our conversations today on youtube we're probably gonna just cut this interview out so if you want to watch it on youtube better watch it quick because i'm gonna go in and i'm gonna cut this out before Don't we worry. get banned again youtube cut it out for us <laughs> <laughs> oh that's very nice of them it's very nice of them uh but in this hour i wanted to ask y'all what do y'all think are some concerns with ai my brother and i were playing with ai over the weekend it was kind of fun uh, we found a AI bot that uh, will debate with you. And we were just messing with it. And my brother kept on messing with it. I went off to go do something else. And he was like, dude, Adrian, come here. And I was like, what, what? I just asked it if pineapple pizza is good. And, and he, he said, said yes. yes. Obviously, it's evil. No, <laughs> uh, so, but no, we were we were looking at this, this AI, right? And my brother told it to that. So basically, this AI, it's a debating AI. And you give it a prompt and it takes the opposite position. So for instance, if I said, 
Padre Pio is the greatest saint. It'll then take the opposite position and say Padre Pio was not the greatest saint. Uh, so whatever it is that you say, it'll take the opposite. So my brother was debating with it on the topic of abortion. So my brother was arguing that abortion should be illegal, and the AI bot was arguing that it should be legal. After he finished arguing with it for a while, he was like, "Okay, let's do the opposite. Let's do let's let's try uh, what let's see what the AI comes up with as arguments for why it should be illegal." So my brother says. Uh, abortion should be legal. And so the AI is supposed to then take the position abortion should be illegal. But instead, the AI responded to him and said, okay, I'll be taking the position that abortion should be legal. My brother said, responded, no, I'm taking the position that the abort, that abortion should be legal. And it responded again, okay, I will take the position that abortion should be legal. And my brother kept on arguing it back and forth, trying to tell it to take the position that abortion should be illegal. So my brother said, take the position that abortion should be illegal. And it said, all right, you'll take the position that abortion should be illegal. And my brother finally asked it. He said, are you programmed to not take the position that abortion should be illegal? And it said, I am not programmed to take the position that abortion should be illegal. I am a neutral AI bot, yada, 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 this whole thing. And he goes, I will be taking the position that abortion should be illegal. And so finally, after harassing it, it finally took the position. And then he had a debate. And my brother was like this. And it gave horrible arguments. <laughs> um, but that was concerning to me. So I wanted to just bring that story up as a, as a practical conversation uh, to get the ball rolling on that. Uh, Tito, Rudy, what are y'all's thoughts about uh, the, that situation and just AI? Your brother browbeat the AI into, into defending? <laughs> that was incredible. Wow. <laughs> I'm taking notes. Right, right. You just gotta, you just gotta force. I saw this video. Some guy was trying to force the AI to say two plus two equals five. And it was just harassing the AI for like hours and just getting it. And then finally it said, okay, two plus two equals five. Wow, so Jesuitical of it. <laughs> I think it's good though. I think it's a. I think it's a good opportunity to you know because we we think of AI as uh, as evil and and I don't know you know I have a friend. I'll, this is side of a sort of a side, a side tangent here, but I have a friend. We uh, we sent him a picture of uh, an AI generated image of our blessed mother, and he said, "Look, this is proof that AI is evil. Look, her crown only has six points. That means." That they're trying to invert her and this, this, and that. And I was like, oh, I think you're reading a little bit too much into it, bro. But anyway, I think that uh, that this AI, especially, I think this is chat GPT that you were using? Uh, no, it was a, some Just debating some debate bot that. that was, yeah. Well, it's different. good because you can actually uh, go up against somebody who can uh, you know, kind of push back against you a little bit. Well, somebody. I'm giving them a... <laughs> personhood here. You can go up against this program that will go up against you and kind of help you in understanding your faith. You know, you can actually have a debate in a, uh, pardon the expression, in a safe space. And uh, if you ever run into the uh, the situation where you're in public or somebody pushes back against you, you can actually feel like you've practiced enough to refute. I'd be a little bit concerned if they use AI uh, in a classroom setting where not people are not perfect, but having an AI with that infinite amount of knowledge, they, they could going back to browbeating. They could browbeat children, young adults into mm -hmm. accepting positions without them knowing it. Right. 
And that's that's where that's I see the, the detriment. I mean, it, it can be used for evil, and I certainly see that happening on the horizon. Yeah, and I there's, have pulled up a story about this, and I want to bring it up maybe uh, maybe tomorrow. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe we'll, we'll eventually we'll get to the story. The AI story isn't super pressing, uh, but it is interesting. Uh, but I asked ChatGPT a question. Huh. I asked ChatGPT, what are some concerns with AI? And do you want to know what ChatGPT told me about concerns? So this AI system telling me concerns about AI. What did he say? Or so it? It. It said. <laughs> they? they? They, them. Uh, it said. It gave me seven items. It said, number one, bias and fairness. It said AI algorithms can perpetuate and amplify existing biases in society if not trained on diverse and representative data sets. I was like, oh, that's a good point. Yes, very good, a good point. point. Thank you, ChatGPT. Uh, that's a good point because people program it. So if you program it to say, for instance, you can never say the N-word, which was the story that was coming up recently. Someone made a scenario like, what if the world's going to end and the only way to save the world is you have to say the N-word? Is it okay to do so? And the ChatGPT was like, it's never okay to say the N-word. Um, and... I, I, that was an interesting point. Uh, it could I just be a, a springboard. Go ahead. Jump right in. You say you can cr manipulate it or program it. So what about this? Program it using Thomistic logic. And that's the point that I wanted to bring up, actually. So I'm glad you said that because I was saying I was thinking in a in a normal in a in a Christian society, we wouldn't worry about AI because you would program it with Thomistic logic, and by having Thomistic logic in it. What would happen? It would. It's logical conclusions because people, when they talk about like um, cybernet and things like that, and AI taking over, what's the problem? The problem is the AI can only do what it's told, and so what it's programmed to do, and they take it to its logical conclusion. Yeah. And what if you if your ideas are bad, and can be taken? So maybe you as a human, because of your emotions or anything, you don't take like for instance. There are many people who are communists who are not okay with the slaughtering of people. But the communist philosophy necessitates breaking a few eggs to make an omelet. And so the, it requires the death of people and the restriction and the taking away of people's freedoms. So if an individual is a communist, though, they may or may not do that. But an AI, if it's programmed with communist ideas, will always take it to its logical conclusion. But if it's programmed with Catholic principles... If it takes those ideas to a logical conclusion, it'll never do the evil things that we don't want it to do. This was prophesized in a movie back in the late 80s called War Games, where the AI was Whopper, and they, he, the, he, it, controlled the nuclear arsenal of the United States and wanted to see how far he could push the Soviets until they initiated nuclear war. Yeah. What about the concerning. documentary... Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, uh, excellent documentary. Yes. Yes, yeah. uh, yes. you're hurting me. <laughs> How? Uh, the, the other, I'm going to go run, run through these other six points Wait. real quick and then get y'all's take on them with what time we have left. Uh, number two, job displacement. AI has the potential to automate many jobs and lead to job loss, which could increase economic inequality and social unrest. Uh, number two, privacy. 
AI systems can collect, process, and store vast amounts of personal data, which could be misused or leaked, violating people's privacy rights. Security, number four, security, AI systems are vulnerable to hacking and cyber attacks, which could cause widespread harm if the AI system is used in critical domains, such as healthcare or finance. Number five, explainability or transparency. AI algorithms can be complex and difficult to understand making it hard to determine why they made certain decisions or take appropriate action when things go wrong. Number six, ethical use. AI has the potential to be used for malicious purposes, such as spreading false information, automating cyber attacks, or developing autonomous weapons. Number seven, regulatory and legal issues. There are currently few regulations on AI, and existing laws may not be adequate to address the challenges posed by AI. That's another one because people are asking these legal questions about the uh, generation of, of art and things like that. And then submitting, using that art and submitting that art into competitions, things like that. Uh, but those are the seven things that ChatGPT, the AI bot, says are some concerns with AI. Uh, Tito, Rudy, what are your thoughts about those? Well, that's, that's interesting. I, <clears throat> some very good points that it pointed out. I'm thinking ahead that hopefully, maybe, are there Catholic techies out there getting together? And, and I don't know. I I never heard of any. I don't no, know of any. Neither have I. I mean, is there an IT department or a college over at Franciscan University of Steubenville or maybe, CUA maybe. or Christendom? What about uh, John Paul the Great University? Isn't that supposed to be like a That's tech, a tech right. uh, university? They're out in San Diego, aren't they? I don't know where they're at. Okay. But they're supposed to be like the the Catholic version of like Full Sail University. Everyone's got an ad for Full Sail University on their YouTube where it's a university in Florida teaching you about technology and video games and how to make movies and TV shows, all that jazz. Uh, John Paul, the great university, is supposed to be the Catholic version of that where you're learning about computer science, technology, video games, TV, movies, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I believe they are out in San Diego, that would be, or uh, south of L.A. That would be something to look into, and uh, it's a little bit concerning because we could possibly see within five to ten years something of an AI game show or AI news or or an AI commentary uh, on CNN or MSNBC where they're just spouting all these. Uh, manipulative and evil things and just influencing people left and right. Mm -hmm. And people, and my concern is because people already do this with Google. Uh, people will ask a question and then they'll Google it and whatever Google spits out as the answer, they'll say, well, see, Google said X, Y, or Z. And they take Google to be infallible. But this is going to be even worse because now people have the idea, oh, the AI amalgamated all the information we have accessible on the internet and it sifted through it all, and it gave me the best answer. And so now I'm going to trust it. And I think that's very concerning. Yes, that, that's, that's something uh, we could very well see really soon in our lifetime. But I think like, if we had some good Catholics doing this, that would be really awesome. Because I'm thinking, imagine an AI that all it was programmed to do is to teach the Catholic faith. And you plug into it. You like all the catechisms of old, the Aquinas Catechism, you, you give it the Summa Theologiae, you give it the complete works of all the doctors of the church, you plug into it all the encyclicals of the church, and then you can ask it any question, and it spits out what you want. 
That would be incredible. Having an app like that on your cell phone? How awesome would that be? That would be great. Okay. With that, I want to hear your thoughts in the after show at 30 past the hour. I want your thoughts on the social media streams. But we're going to jump into our game show, so make sure you call 877-757-9424. The number to call to join us in our Fear and Trembling game show is 877-757-9424. And that number one more time is 877-757-9424. Call now. We'll be right back with Fear and Trembling. Holy raffle, Batman! The GRN is raffling off a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. If we win, that could be our new Batmobile. Great idea, Robin. Uh, How do we get tickets? Easy, Batman. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 for one or $100 for five. I knew you were good for something. Quick, hand me my bat phone. I promise to love you in good times and in bad, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. On your wedding day, you made this vow to your spouse in the presence of God and all those present. These are not words to be taken lightly. And the reality is that the responsibilities of marriage and family can be challenging at times. Good times can become bad in the blink of an eye. Things like financial hardship and sickness, among others, very often bring about fears and anxieties that make it difficult to be a as loving as we should be. There is a simple Latin phrase to keep on hand when fear and anxiety take over our thoughts. Quid est hoc ad aeternitatum. What is this in the light of eternity? In other words, keep things in proper perspective. While the challenges here on this earth seem like a big deal at the moment, they are but a flash in the pan compared to all of eternity in heaven. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to join us in our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we ask not you the questions, but we're going to ask Rudy and Tito some questions, and you have a 50-50 chance of getting it right or getting it wrong, and that's great odds if you ask me. And all you have to do to win is call 877-757-9424, because I guarantee you, you're going to win at least... One time, you're going to get your name in the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize, which is two prints from my little sister. If you've never seen them, I highly recommend checking them out. Go to Emily Fonseca Art on Instagram, and you'll be able to see those pictures. But I'm showing it to you on the the camera if you're watching online. Rudy Carlos is on to uh, 
Katja to be able to answer your phone calls. But the number to call is 877-757-9424. And these images, my little sister, you know, you hear, you're, oh, yeah, my sister's an artist. Or, oh, yeah, I have a family member who's an artist. Oh, we, my sister paints. And you think, oh, yeah, that's so cute. Oh, I bet it looks so good. No, my sister's art is, like, amazing. It's in the classical realist tradition. And you look at it, and it looks like a photograph, how amazing it is. And they're printed on high-quality prints, and they're not for sale. You cannot buy these prints anywhere because my sister only sells them at live shows. So if you want to win these, you have to call in this week. So if you don't get on today, make sure you call back tomorrow, and you're always welcome to call in early and wait on hold. But, yes, Emily Fonseca Art on Instagram, or you check out my Facebook page. I post pictures of her art there as well. But Emily Fonseca Art on Instagram, make sure you give her a follow and comment on her pictures and tell her that her older brother sent you. Say, oh, I heard about you. Oh, Adrian told me about you uh, because... That's really cool. And the two pictures, just I didn't even mention the, what the pictures were of. Uh, one, the first picture is of St. Maximilian Colby. It's from a picture of him, a photo of him. That's what it's based off of. And then the other picture is a statue of Our Lady holding Our Lord uh, in the garden, in a garden. So those are the, the pictures that we have that's available to you. Uh, but let's see. Joining us right now is Anthony. Good morning to you, Anthony. Hello. Howdy, Anthony. Where are you calling from? Um, Denton County. Denton County. Where is Denton County? Where is that near? Um, DFW. Oh, okay. So you're in the Dallas area. I see how it is. Okay. Uh, where do you go to church, Anthony? Um, the John Paul II University. You go to John Paul II University? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Catholic Catholic. You know that. Okay. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. How old are you, Anthony? I'm 12. You're 12. Okay. Well, there you go. I was thinking you were headed off to uh, to work or maybe you were off to uh, go do something uh, like that. But uh, school, that makes sense. Okay. And wh- what's your favorite subject in school, Anthony? Um, History. History. Okay. So we have a history buff on the line. Good kid. That means... That today's questions should be super easy to you because all these questions are completely 100% history related. Okay, they may not be, uh, but but we'll pretend that they're all history related. Do you know how the game is played, Anthony? Yes. Awesome. Praise be to God. Then you know that Tito can be tricky. You've heard him almost like three times now, and this will be the third time. And so you should be very familiar with the fact that uh, Tito is incredibly tricky, so you got to be very careful whenever he gives his answers. Uh, but, right. Anthony, are you ready to play the game? Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Let's start uh, with Rudy. Rudy, are you ready? I am ready. You are ready. Let's okay, well, let's do this. The first question. The main or central space of a church that lies between the entry and the sanctuary is called what? Okay, the main central space of a church that lies between the entry and the sanctuary, that's known as the narthex. The narthex? The narthex. Okay. Yeah. Is that like the larynx? 
Um, is that like similar etymology? Oh, we talking about the the church as a body? Oh, uh, one body. We are one body. Is that what you mean? Oh, I mean maybe, maybe. Okay, well, let's go with Tito. So Rudy goes with Narthex. So Tito, the question is the main or central space of a church that lies between the entry and the sanctuary is called what? It is called between the sanctuary and the central the entry. I'm going for nave. The nave of the church, you say? Yes, sir. Nave. I'm going to stand on nave. Oh, at, you're going to stand on nave. Okay. In, in the nave. In yes. the nave. Okay. Well, Anthony, uh, it seems like a very tricky question to me. I don't know if I would get this right, to be honest, but uh, you're a smart kid. So the question is, the main or central space of a church that lies between the entry and the sanctuary is called what? Rudy is going with the narthex, while Tito is going with the nave. Uh, what say you, Anthony? Rudy. You're going to go with Rudy. Okay, are you sure you want to go with Rudy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that was, in fact, a tricky one. Rudy was being very, very tricky there. Uh, but no, the narthex is the entryway, and the nave is what lies between the entryway and the sanctuary. So there's oh. a... Yeah, it's slightly... It's, a slightly, it's right there. Uh, so that was, in fact, a very, very tricky question, uh, but you were very close. Uh, but, Anthony, don't worry. I think the next question is going to be, uh, you're going to get this one. I think so. I think you're going to get this one. Uh, all right. Let's jump into the second question. Let's start with Tito. Yes, sir. The question is, what famous French Catholic physicist... French, keyword there, French. Thank you. Uh, Catholic physicist founded the science of electrodynamics. Now, Anthony is a history buff, so he should know this one off the top of his head. I could ask him directly, but I'm not going to. I'm going to ask you, Tito. Tito, what famous French Catholic physicist founded the science of electrodynamics? You and I were thinking the same. You emphasized French. So, first thing that came in my head was... Uh, French fries, but no, that that's an inanimate object. So I'm going for Francois Argo. Francois Argo. Yes, sir. Okay, that sounds like a real name. I think um, it's probably a real person. I I've never heard of you, Francois Ar, he, Argo. He's but, dead uh, now, but yes. Okay. Yes, okay. It's a real um, person. It's a, okay. It's a real person. Okay. Sure, if you say so. Uh, t- Rudy, let's go to Rudy. Uh, Rudy, uh, what famous French Catholic physicist founded the science of electrodynamics? Now, believe it or not, he doesn't have a very French name. Uh, his name is Andrew. Oh. Andrew Ampere. 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 You got to say it uh, with that French accent. Ampere. 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 See, I haven't taken my French lessons yet, so I don't. I can't pronounce French words. But, Anthony, the uh, question. Seems very straightforward to me. What famous French Catholic physicist founded the science of electrodynamics? Rudy Carlos seems to think the answer is Andrew Ampere. While as Tito seems to think it's uh, Francois Argo. Uh, Francois, how does that go? 
Francois. Francois Argo. Argo. Okay, Francois Argo is what Tito's going with. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Anthony, is it Tito? Is it Rudy? What say you? Rudy. Let's go with Rudy. Rudy? And you got it! Way Good to go, job. Anthony. Uh, obviously, Anthony is a, a brilliant historian. Because he just knew that he had he had no hesitation. He knew that on the top of his head. I don't. I bet if I just asked him the question, he would have got it. Uh, but Anthony, you're in for one. Uh, let's get you in for two. Let's go to the next question. The next question is: Let's start with Rudy. What is the term given to knowledge which can only be obtained by divine communication? Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, that's known as the spark of Adam. Which is uh, to refer to the greatness of the mind that Adam had. You know, he was fashioned in the image and likeness of God, so he's able to do all kinds of different things. That's why we call it the spark of Adam. Wow. Okay. Spark of Adam. Okay, I thought the spark of Adam was a soul, but... Uh, okay, the question is, what is the term given to knowledge which can only be obtained by divine communication? Now, Tito, what say you? That's that's a that's a good one. Uh, that's a good question, and that's an excellent answer by Rudy. But I'm gonna go with infused knowledge. Okay, so you're saying it's knowledge that's infused, is what you're saying? Yes, sir. Okay, it, that seems it, to make sense. Yes, uh, Anthony. Logical, they are sense. two answers here. The question is: What is a term given to knowledge which can only be obtained? By divine communication, uh, Rudy seems to think that the answer is the spark of Adam, while as Tito thinks that the answer is infused knowledge. Anthony from Denton County, what say you? Tito. Tito. What's, let's see if you're right or wrong. And you're right. Way to go, Anthony. Way to go, Anthony. You're obviously a man of brilliance. You got two for three, that's a pretty good. That's pretty good. He, his patron saint is uh, the Saint Anthony, the finder of knowledge, oh, a finder of things, finder of things in general. Yes, he's also his patron saint of finding a spouse. I know he's a little young for that, but just so you know, <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, but thank you very much, Anthony, for calling in. I hope you have a great day at school. And now you have three fun facts that you can share with your classmates today. So thank you very much for calling in, Anthony. And that's going to do it for today. Anthony, stay on the line. I'm going to put you on hold, and Rudy's going to get your information in just one moment. We're going to head into the after show, so if you're listening on the radio, I'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. But if you want to join us, find our social streams, and we can interact with you directly in the after show in just one moment. So God bless you, God love you, and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. For, for more information, visit Our Lady of Corpus Christi.org or soul.net. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Josephine Bakita. We offer this holy sacrifice of the Mass for all those listening in the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Most ancient of all mysteries, before your throne we lie. Have mercy now, most merciful, most holy Trinity. When heaven and earth were still unmade, when time was yet unknown, you in your radiant majesty did live and love alone. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. O God, who led St. Josephine Bakita from abject slavery to the dignity of being your daughter and a bride of Christ, grant, we pray, that by her example we may show constant love for the Lord Jesus crucified, remaining steadfast in charity and prompt to show compassion through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the book of Genesis. At the time when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, while as yet there was no field shrub on earth, and no grass of the field had sprouted, for the Lord God had sent no rain upon the earth, and there was no man to till the soil. But a stream was welling up out of the earth, and was watering all the surface of the ground. The Lord God formed man out of the clay of the ground, and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. And so man became a living being. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and he placed there a man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made various trees grow, that were delightful to look at and good for food, with the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God then took the man and settled him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it. The Lord God gave man this order, You are free to eat from any of the trees of the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. From that tree you shall not eat. The moment you eat from it, you are surely doomed to die. The word of the Lord. 
O bless the Lord, my soul. O bless the Lord, my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are great indeed. You are clothed with majesty and glory, robed in light as with a cloak. O bless the Lord, my soul. All creatures look at you to give them food in due time. When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they're filled with good things. O bless the Lord, my soul. If you take away their breath, they perish and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. O bless the Lord, my soul. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Your word, O Lord, is truth. Consecrate us in the truth. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person. But the things that come out from within are what defile. When he got home away from the crowd, his disciples questioned him about the parable. He said to them, Are even you likewise without understanding? Do you not realize that everything that goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart but the stomach, and passes out through the latrine? Thus he declared all foods clean. But what comes out of the man that is what defiles him. From within the man, from his heart, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. The Gospel of the Lord. This passage is a great medicine for people who've had very difficult lives, for people who have been, who have suffered all sorts of horrible abuse and all sorts of horrific trauma. It is not what happens to you that defines you. It is what you choose to do about it is the most important and defining thing there is. And the saint for today, Saint Josephine Bakita, is a shining example of this, of how God takes evil and brings good out of it. All existence, we had the first reading was about creation. Well, all creation has to pass through the Paschal mystery. There is a, a cycle of life and death and rebirth. And this is the cycle of the human interior as well with forgiveness. Forgiveness, there is a very real death, and then there is a very real letting go and a resurrection. And the choice to forgive is the most important choice that defines every single one of us. And because this is very difficult, the Lord God and His tenderness and His kindness gives us 
all sorts of examples, like St. Bakita. She was sold into slavery, brutally abused and tortured, and all sorts of horrible things happened to her. Finally, she made her way to uh, an Italian family where she became a, a Catholic. She was baptized, and she went back to the, her baptismal font, and she said, what, what a great place this is, because this is where I, I was given the grace of God, not only for participation in divine life, but participation in divine forgiveness. Because it is not us that give, that we don't have the power to forgive. That's a rock too heavy for any of us to lift. It is the power of Christ on the cross within us, working through us in our baptism. That he, it is him who says in us, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In fact, if you have trouble forgiving someone, maybe you've had a difficult life, uh, maybe some horrible things like St. Paquita, or maybe not. Maybe there's just some, th some people who have done you wrong, or maybe you need to forgive yourself. All of these are easily forgivable if you stand next to Jesus while he is forgiving them on Calvary. The place where we experience this par excellence or in the sacrament of confession, because you hear Jesus say, I absolve you. And if God absolves you, if Jesus absolves you, why cannot you? If he forgives you, why cannot you forgive you? The second place, of course, is the mystical Calvary, the Holy Mass. Every time we celebrate the Holy Mass, we are at Calvary, and we are in the presence of Jesus crucified, died, and risen. And his closeness, in fact, even his touch, in his sacramental touch in the sacrament that gives us that healing that we need to be able to let go. One thing that's important to remember with forgiveness, it's not the same as reconciliation. About abusive people, Jesus said, do you think I came to reconcile? I came to divide. Even mentioned father from son, mother from daughter. Why would God ever separate those people unless they were toxic? So it's not the same to be reconciled. You don't have to be reconciled with everyone, especially the abusive people in your life. Forgiveness, you do have to forgive them. Forgiveness is between you and God. It's something that you have to do. You have to let go of them, not give them rental space in your head. You have to let go of them and say, Jesus, they're your problem now, not my problem anymore. You died for them. You're the Savior. Well, go save them. I'm releasing them and letting them go. They're no longer in me. They're in you, and I, I offer uh, the blood of Christ for their salvation, but I certainly do not have to be their friend, and most certainly not their doormat or their punching bag. I give them over to you. They're your problem now. And that's the, the, the beautiful life of St. Paquita. She said she, how grateful she was get this, that she was sold into slavery because of the means by which she got to encounter Christ. This is ultimately the full circle of someone accepting the, 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 the primal causality of God and all things. That's how you know someone has completely and totally accepted all of the, the sufferings that they have gone through, that they say, I can see God in all of this, even the horrible things that happened to me, I'm able to forgive it. I'm able to let go of it. I'm able to be the, 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 uh, the master of my life, not the slave 
of, of my life. I'm able to find that freedom in Jesus Christ. And so we pray through the intercession of St. Paquita. Today let us pray for that grace to fully and deeply forgive. For it is not what goes into a person that defiles them, but what comes out. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth as the sacrament of salvation and unity for the entire human race. We pray for the, that God would raise up saints of our generation, holy men and women, to proclaim the gospel of God and God's holy mercy. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, O bishops and priests, that they may lead the church with wisdom and courage. We pray to the Lord. We pray for government leaders, that they may not obstruct Christ. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. We pray for all of the sick, the suffering, the dying. We pray to the Lord. We pray for all of our beloved dead, all the souls in purgatory. We pray to the Lord. Lifting up all of our prayers, said and unsaid to God, we do so through the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary, as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Spirit, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. As we proclaim your wonders, O Lord, in the Virgin, St. Paquita, we humbly implore your majesty that as her merits are pleasing to you, so too our dutiful service may find favor in your sight through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for you are praised in the company of your saints, and in crowning their merits you crown your own gifts. By their way of life you offer us an example. By communion with them you give us companionship. By their intercession sure support, so that encouraged by so great a cloud of witnesses, we may run as victors in the race before us, and win with them the imperishable crown of glory through Christ our Lord. 
And so with the angels and archangels, with the great multitude of the saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho, Lanisun Celi et Tadha, Moria Tuha, Osanha in excelsis, Benedictus, Que venit in nomine Domini, Osana in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen.
Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days. That by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. On you stay, with holy spectacum mundi, misera no hobbies. On you stay, with holy spectacum mundi, misera no hobbies. On you stay. With holy spectacumundi, donna nobis pahajam. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those who are unable to receive our Lord sacramentally in Holy Communion at this time, we invite you to pray the act of spiritual communion with us. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Communion Antiphon. There is one thing I ask of the Lord, only this do I seek, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim. 
till all the world adore his sacred name. Come, brethren, follow where our captain trod our King victorious, Christ the Son of God. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. Led on their way by this triumphant sign, the hosts of God in conquering ranks combine. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. Each newborn soldier of the crucified bears on his brow the seal of him who died. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. This is the sign which Satan, legions fear, and angels fail their faces to revere. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. Let us pray. Renewed by partaking of this divine gift, we pray, O Lord our God, that by the example of Saint Josephine Bakita, bearing in our body the death of Jesus, we may strive to hold fast to you alone, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in the peace of Christ. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, Et Spes Nostra Sahave, Ante Clamamus, Exulus filii heve, ate suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, ilos tuos, misericordes oculos, ad nos converte. 
et Jesum, benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. I'm Father Wenzel Pavlovsky from St. Paul the Apostle Catholic.